He is risen. My name is Dave, and I'm the campus pastor here at our World Golf Village campus of Good News Church. And it is so great to see all of you this morning. You know, I woke up this morning and I thought to myself, man, I need to move to Florida. It's unbelievable out there. But you're here, and thank you so much for being here. In the seat backs in front of you, there's a, a Connect card. And if you're new or visiting, we'd love for you to take the time to fill that out and leave those cards in one of the boxes in the back as you leave. And, and listen, I'm going to scoot out right at the end of the service and run around and meet you as you leave. I have a gift for you if you're here for the first time. I would love the chance to say hello before you leave. The uh, one thing I've observed about people who live in the World Golf Village area is how much we love our kids and how much we love our grandkids. As I've watched uh, us over the last couple years that I've been here, I've realized how much we love our kids. So listen, we would love to partner with you to help your kids and your grandkids know and follow Jesus Christ. There's nothing more important than starting with the end in mind with your children. And that, that means we start with the good start, and that's that we have our kids baptized. And so coming up on, on Mother's Day, we're going to give you the opportunity. If you've never had your child baptized, we would love to give you the chance to learn more about what baptism means and then have your child baptized on Mother's Day. But we have so many other ways that we want to introduce your kids to Jesus because we don't believe baptism saves them, but Jesus can. And so we want to tell kids about Jesus. And that's why we offer Vacation Bible School. It's coming up June 12th through the 16th. There's information here on this handout that was on your seats. And then notice the bottom, it says Good News Camp. I'm so excited for this. We're going to get away as a church. From Friday evening through Sunday, midday, we're going to get away as a church and we're going to spend time investing in our families and investing in our fellowship and community together. You don't want to miss it. There will be a cost involved and there's more information on our website. You can follow the QR code to get more information, but, but make plans to, to go with us to the Good News Camp, September 15th through the 17th. It's going to be at Southwind. Camp uh, Young Life property over near Ocala. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to give you more information and uh, let you know about that weekend. It's going to be awesome. You know what's really awesome? A dead man got out of the grave, and because of that, he says, we can too. His life, his death, and his resurrection change everything. Jesus Christ is our living hope. I'm going to read a passage this morning from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. And that's the passage that we're going to give our attention to this morning. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, 
reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let's spend just a moment in prayer. Father, you did it. You did it for us. You sent your Son into the world to save sinners. Jesus, you accomplished the work that the Father gave you. You sought and saved that which was lost, and, and you lived and you died and you rose again. Thank you. Jesus, together with the Father, you have sent your Holy Spirit. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open deaf ears and, and blind eyes, warm, cold hearts, and, and enable us to see Jesus Christ, our living hope. And then in seeing him and in trusting in him, we might have an eternal kind of life. Work in our midst, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to the praise and honor and glory of Jesus Christ, in whose name I pray. Amen. Many years ago, my, my kids were very young, and, and we went to a, an Easter party at our neighbor's house. And as a part of the Easter uh, lunch and such, we, they had an Easter egg hunt. And they told us that, that during the Easter egg hunt, there was one special egg, and that special egg had cash money inside. And it was a lot of money, up to $50, $100, and that's a lot of money for a kid a lot of money for me. And I remember thinking, you know, it'd be kind of fun if one of my kids found that golden egg. It'd be kind of neat. They could go home with some money. That'd be fun. And then I remember thinking, well, my kids find that egg. This man's grandkids are all going to be disappointed. <laughs> and then I'm going to have to go home with my kids, and they're going to be left thinking, Oh, the pastor's kids got the money. That would be embarrassing for, for me and, and for them. I, I don't want their, his grandkids to be disappointed. Well, my kids didn't find the, the golden egg. But this morning, you could. You see, there's something inside this egg. It's better than money. It's... Hope. 
you know anyone who could use some hope? You see, we tend to define hope as uncertainty. I hope not, or I hope so. It's uncertainty, but the Bible, the Bible tells us that hope is certainty. It's not uncertainty, it's certainty. It's the joyful expectation that the best is yet to come. Do you know anyone who could use some hope? Do you know anyone who could, who could use some living hope? Jesus Christ, according to 1 Peter 1, verse 3, Jesus Christ and his resurrection from the dead is our living hope. It can come into the center of our lives and it can give us a joyful expectancy that the best is yet to come. We need hope. At the end of World War II, Europe lay in ruins. And the Chancellor of Germany, immediately after World War II, the Chancellor of Germany was Konrad Adenauer. Chancellor Adenauer invited Billy Graham, the great American evangelist, he invited Billy Graham to come to Germany and preach the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ, to the people of Germany. He was visiting with Billy Graham, and he said, Dr. Graham, do you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Billy Graham said, apart from the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I have no gospel. Chancellor Adenauer looked out the window at the devastation of Germany, and he said, apart from the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I know of no hope for mankind. Could you use some hope? I don't know what's devastated, broken, and in ruins in your life. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a business. Maybe it's a portfolio. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's your physical health. I don't know where there is ruin and devastation in your life, but I do know this. Every single one of us can leave here this morning with a living hope. Because our hope is not connected to the circumstances of our life. Our hope can be connected to Jesus Christ. A living hope that a dead man walked out of a grave and he promises that you can too. Jesus Christ is our only hope in life and in death. Jesus Christ is our only hope in life and in death. In this passage, Peter says that you can be protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. That you can have hope today in your life. And you can have hope in death. In death. Obtaining as the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Jesus is our hope, our living hope, in life and in death. 
Jesus is our hope in life and death because Jesus Christ offers us salvation. Recently, tornadoes came through the state of Mississippi. And so many homes and so many lives were lost in those tornadoes. In the middle of the storms, a weatherman, a weatherman was doing the weather broadcast and he, and he was showing the live radar pictures and he showed a, a cell that he knew contained a powerful tornado and it was moving directly toward a city in, in rural Mississippi. And he kept telling people, flee to safety, Find a safe location in your home. Hide yourselves. The storm is coming. The tornado is coming. And then he said, Jesus, please help them. Dear people, maybe you think that this is just a preacher man doing preacher man things. I beg you, consider what I share with you this morning. Because Jesus Christ is our living hope. He's our only hope in life and in death. Jesus Christ offers salvation. Jesus Christ offers us salvation. Now you may ask, salvation from what? Salvation from what? Salvation from sin. Now I know sin is, is not a popular word. In fact, the, the Junior Oxford Dictionary, recently they deleted the word sin from their dictionary because they said it's obsolete. Now I don't know about you, but do you, do you see any evidence in the world around us that sin is far from obsolete? Do you see any evidence in the world around us that we still find ways to hurt one another? Do you see any evidence in the world around us that we still find ways to, to reject God and, and, and what He says to us about how life is supposed to be lived? Sin is far from obsolete. It's something that's still at work in the world. And we see evidence of it all around us. Sin is man's foolish attempt to put himself before God. Sin is, is our foolish attempt to put ourselves before God. In Proverbs it says that there is a way that seems right to man. You see, all of us come into this world, all of us come into this world with an operating system that loves to put ourselves first, to put ourselves before others, to put ourselves before even God. And that seems right to us. But Proverbs tells us that that way leads to death. That way leads to death. Now, there's three kinds of death. There's, there's physical death. That's the separation of, of our bodies from our souls at the end of life. There's, there's physical death, and we're all going to die physically. 
Then there's spiritual death. That's the separation of, of man and God. That happened at the moment of the fall. And we've all experienced spiritual death. We've, we all experienced separation from God. Then there's eternal death. There's the separation of us from God for all eternity. And Jesus Christ offers us salvation from sin, from our sinful tendency to put ourselves first, and he offers us salvation from death. We'll all die physically, but Jesus offers us salvation from spiritual death and eternal death, and one day, because he rose from the dead, he will give us new bodies that'll never wear out. And when that happens, they'll be, it'll either be forever heaven or forever hell. Forever with God or forever separated from God. Jesus Christ can offer you salvation from sin and death, separation from God. Jesus Christ offers you salvation from the thing that most of us look to to earn our acceptance with God. I talk to people all the time, and they tell me that their hope of eternal life comes from the good things that they do. And I used to think the same thing. I grew up, I was a fairly decent child. I went to Presbyterian College in Clinton, South Carolina. I thought I was good. I wasn't that good. Neither are you. I talk to people all the time, and I say, why should God let you into heaven? I was talking to a man recently. I asked him, why do you, why do you think God should let you into heaven? He said, well, I just put good things out there, and I expect good things in return. I said, well, so you're saying that, that you expect your good deeds to outweigh your bad deeds? I said, yeah, that's, that's right. Do you think if the point system is in your favor, huh, but let me ask you this, what are you going to do about your sin? I said, I said to him, do you have a girlfriend? He said, yeah, I have a girlfriend. I said, well, if your girlfriend said to you, I've made you some brownies, and you said, yes. She says, I followed the directions on those brownies to the letter. I only added one very special ingredient. It's just 2% dog poop. How are you feeling about those brownies? <laughs> are you hungry for lunch now? You're welcome. Listen, our attempt to earn our salvation by our good work simply will not work because we've all ruined the recipe. We've all fouled up the brownie mix by contributing our sin to the work. So our good works, they won't work. We need salvation to come outside of ourselves. We need someone to save us from sin and from death. And that's just what Jesus Christ does. Jesus Christ is the one who can save us from death. Here's what he did. Jesus Christ 
lived the life that you should have lived, and he died the death that we deserve to die, and he rose from the dead. Jesus Christ lived the life that we should have lived. He racked up a record of righteousness, a perfect record. And then he climbed on the cross. The end of his life, Jesus died on the cross, and he died on the cross as our substitute. As our substitute, God took our sin and he put it on Jesus. And he punished Jesus in our place. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he proved that the Father had accepted the payment that he had made to cancel our debt. The debt that we owed God because of our sin. Jesus Christ is the one Savior who was willing to do salvation, the work of salvation, for you. He lived for you. He died for you. He rose for you. That's why Jesus is our only hope in life and in death. We all have a problem called sin, and Jesus is the Savior from sin. What do you get with Jesus? What do you get from Jesus? You get a father. Did you see in verse 3? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You get a father. Grayson Rodriguez, last week he pitched his first game in the major leagues. He's a pitcher for the, for the Baltimore Orioles. He perched, pitched his first game in the major leagues, and he lost. He lost his first start, but he pitched great. This is his dad giving him a hug after the game. What can Jesus Christ offer you? Jesus Christ can give you a father. Would you like to be hugged like that? You see, the great thing about Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ says, I'll save you. I'll make you acceptable to God. Grayson got this hug from his dad and it was a celebration of all the things that he had done. All the, the nights of practice and all the tournaments and all the effort. We get this kind of hug from God. We get this kind of embrace from our Father in Heaven by grace, by mercy. God hugs us and He's pleased with us. Because he's pleased with his son, our Savior. Jesus does all the work. He makes all the pitches. He goes to all the practices. He participates in all the tournaments. He does it for you. And you get the Father. Your heart longs for. What do we get from Jesus? We get a Father. What do we get from Jesus? We get an inheritance. We get an inheritance. To obtain, verse 4, an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. We get an inheritance. Now what happens when an inheritance is passed from one person to another? When an inheritance is passed from one person to another, the net worth of the person who's received the inheritance, does it go up or down? It goes up. 
When a person receives an inheritance, their net worth goes up. Now, depending on the person who's given you the inheritance, your net worth may go up a little, or it may go up a lot. With Jesus Christ, our inheritance, our worth, goes up through the roof. Do you want to know what you're worth? Your net worth. God demonstrates the worth and value that you have in his willingness to show mercy to the helpless. You see, whatever it is that you toenail your heart to, whatever it is that you try to find your worth in, maybe you try to find your worth in your appearance. I don't know if you've noticed, all my friends are getting older. I sure am glad it's not happening to me. If you put your hope in your inheritance being your appearance, we're all in big trouble. If you find your worth in your performance, what do you do when you fail? What do you do when there's an unexpected storm? What do you do when, when there's an un unexpected supply chain interference? What do you do when, when your stock market, your stock portfolio plummets? What do you do if you toenail your heart to your performance? You'll be disappointed. And when you face that hurdle, when you face that obstacle, when you face that trial, it will devastate you. But if you trust your worth to Jesus Christ, he says, I'll give you a worth. I'll give you an inheritance that's through the roof. And you'll have the opportunity to enjoy it forever. Forever in heaven. He gives us a father. He gives us an inheritance. And he gives us eternal life. He gives us eternal life. Did you see that at the end of verse 5? reserved in heaven for you. He gives us heaven. He gives us eternal life. And he says that that eternal kind of life starts now. That's why he says that we are born again. We're born again. Eternal life starts now. Eternal life doesn't start when we die. Eternal life starts now. We're born again. We're given the Holy Spirit and we're born again so that we begin to experience the eternal kind of life now. Jesus Christ is our only hope in life and in death because Jesus offers salvation. Salvation from sin by his life and death and resurrection. And he offers us a father an inheritance. What are we saved for? A father, an inheritance, an eternal kind of life. Now I know what you're wondering. How do I get it? How do I get? How do I get the, the father I always longed for? How do I get the inheritance? How do I get eternal life? The action that we all should take this morning is to believe in Jesus. To believe in Jesus. And I love to tell people that to believe in Jesus is as simple as A, B, C. 
It really is. It's as simple as A, B, C, that, that we admit. We admit. We admit that the bad news of the gospel is true of us, that, that we need mercy. We need God's love and compassion shown to the helpless. We admit that the bad news of the gospel is true of us. You see, there was a time in my life when I realized that I had failed religion 101, that I wasn't nearly as good as I thought I was, and that my good works could not earn eternal life for me. I needed someone else to do it. And I had to admit, I had to admit that I had a problem called sin. Have you? Believing in Jesus is as simple as A, admit. B, believe in Jesus as Savior. Believe that Jesus lived and died and rose again for you. You see, there was a time in my life where I saw how much I needed a Savior, and then I saw that Jesus was my Savior, and I put my trust in Him. I believed in Him. I said, Jesus, you're God. Jesus, you lived for me. You died for me. You rose again for me. Have you ever said that to Jesus? Jesus, I admit, I need to be saved. Jesus, I believe you're the Savior. And then see, we commit. Jesus, come into my life as Savior and Lord. Help me become the person you want me to be. Jesus, I want to follow you all the days of my life. Cause me to be born again by your Holy Spirit and let me follow you. Cause me to have an eternal kind of life now and spend the rest of my life with a, a hope, a living hope, that I would go through the rest of my life with hope and I would go through death with hope that the best is yet to come. There it is. The offer of a lifetime, the offer of an eternity with a Father in heaven, an inheritance that's imperishable, that won't wear out, the offer, the offer of an eternal life with God. As we close this part of the service, I want to give you all the chance to, to do work with God, to admit and believe and commit to Jesus Christ, if you never have, won't you? You can just simply say something like this, and I'll lead you in prayer in just a minute to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I've sinned against you in many ways. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and, and rose from the dead. Forgive me of all my sins and give me the gift of eternal life. Come into my life as Savior and Lord. Help me become the person you want me to be. Well, listen, the words of that prayer don't save you. Jesus saves you. But Jesus is here. And Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and dine with him and he with me. So won't you let him in? Let's pray. Our Father, I thank you for the chance to be reminded afresh and anew of the promises of the gospel this morning. That Jesus, you lived and died and rose again. Thank you 
And thank you that you offer us an eternal kind of life, a life with you now that, that gives us hope in life, and a life with you in eternity that gives us hope in death. Jesus, I pray that you would cause every person in this room to have the opportunity to be born again of you. And that you would, you would be calling people to put their trust in you now. So listen, if you never have, won't you? Won't you just say to Jesus, Jesus, I've sinned against you in many ways and I'm sorry. Jesus, I believe that you lived and died and rose again for me. Jesus, I commit myself to you. Come in as Savior and Lord. Help me become the person that you want me to be. Listen, with all your eyes closed, listen, if, if you've done, said that prayer to Jesus this morning, would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you now? Just raise your hand and let, let, let me know. Jesus, thank you for your work in these hearts. Thank you for causing them to be born again. Thank you for, for an eternal hope that we have. And Lord, I pray that in these last few songs that we sing together this morning, that, that we would rejoice in hope, the hope of our eternal life with you. I pray in Jesus' name.